Uh, so the Moafa podcast is back once again. Uh, g'day to our, our friends and followers. I'm joined tonight, as always, by Maddie Wilson. Hello, everyone. And our special guest this week, one of the favourites from previous pods, is the Rewe Station. Kia Koto and Kia sports fans. <laughs> good, good to have your voice back on the air, G. Um, yeah, so well, let's just crack into it. Uh, Wilson, do you want to talk us through how your week went? Well, uh, Matt Steele, I said last week that I had the worst game week in probably two years. Well, I will repeat that this week. I've just had the worst game week in two years. Um, I scored less than I did... Uh, the week before. So last week I scored 34. This week I scored 30. Uh, I took a hit. I scored 34 with a hit. Um, so atrocious game week, fire dumpster of a game week. Want to flush it down the toilet. Um, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold and Salah were the only two players I had that did anything for me. Um, and I'm in dire straits at the bottom of the championship. But Fortunately, Dan Parker did worse than I did, and I picked up a head-to-head win. So uh, to get a win with 30 points, I will take that every day of the week. But so, terrible week for me. How many how many wins over Dan Parker is that now? That's uh, five in a row. That's got a sting, Dan. You'll have your <laughs> you'll have your chance at revenge later on, though. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we won't go into it, but he probably got stitched up with the bonus point system. But uh, I know he's got a bit of, bit of stuff on that 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 part of the game. But yeah, Trent getting three bonus points, having been yellow carded, and not keeping a clean sheet. But he must have done other things in that game to get those three bonus. Dan didn't have Trent. I did. That was the difference. Yeah, game over. Gee, how about you? Yeah, so another loss, uh, so not ideal. Uh, 44 points all up. Uh, you know, having both Robbo and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold at the back there, um, I think, made the score work better than it should have been. Uh, 17 points there is great, but also, you know, that's uh, nearly a third of the ball, over, over a third of the points. Um, just nothing else anywhere, and... You know, a case of getting on, um, I got on Rodriguez and uh, Wilfred Zaha and uh, got nothing out of that. I think grand total of three. So it's sort of a case of uh, making the right move in my mind, but it not really paying off and um, not to sort of bury the lead. But, you know, to come, it'll be covered later on in, um, in my segment. But, you know, it's there's that sort of trying to find that balance between making what I think are good decisions and getting some sort of uh, reward for them. There's just some frustration sort of saying to bubble away about that. Just to cap things off, I also probably didn't have the best game week. 44 points, but actually isn't, isn't too bad. One above the average. To sum up my game week, though, my attacking five got 12 points. And that's only not 10 points because I captained Timo Werner. So I had 32 points coming out of my back six players. So my big at the back plan came to fruition, but the front players who I expected some points for just did fuck all. So wildcard's been dropped over at Bush Manor. We'll We'll see how things shape up this week. It needs to get better. It can't get much worse. Lost to um, 
mild nemesis Mark McLeod, which is just classic. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of soul searching. Moving on to a quick wrap of the B League, uh, we now have dropped from four teams that are unbeaten to three teams that are unbeaten. So Jesse, Adam, and Benny Youngster carry on their winning ways. There is three teams at the bottom without a win. Johnny McIver, Mike Garnett, the traditional worst player in Fantasy Premier League, and Kezi Cannon, who I had a chat to on Saturday night. He's doing some soul-searching. Maybe he'll drop the wild card and see what he can do there. The biggest win there, though, was Jesse taking out Barney. So Jesse playing one of the other unbeaten teams and taking him out. Big scores from both of those guys. Jesse on an absolute tear to start off. An honourable mention to Callum Campbell getting his first win in the B-League. He takes himself into mid-table, a position I don't think he's probably been in since about February last uh, last season. I think he's probably been sitting in the relegation zone for oh, going on nine months now. So congratulations on Callum on getting out of that. Yeah, probably want to um, drop some. So, sorry, G. No, you carry on. I was to say you'll probably want to drop some points because you'll be more comfortable in a relegation uh, battle, won't you? <laughs> I was just um, picking up on that steal. I think yeah, J- Jesse in particular seems to have got off to an absolute mammoth start. He's um, out of the blocks very quickly. Great, great start from him. And uh, as I, I think I've mentioned in the Super League review earlier today, he was second to Aiden in the Manager of the Month award. So again, of Aiden. Congratulations there, but yeah, Jesse's off to a flyer, so well done. The last, the last point I want to make on, and it's on Jesse, he has grown a lot from the man who dropped his triple captain in the first game week when he first joined <laughs> the league. And maybe, just maybe, he could be, could be slugging it out with the big boys in the Super League come next season. Turning to you, uh, Willie, now, want to give us a Super League wrap out? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, again, as I said in the review early today, the write-up, it's very condensed in the uh, Super League early doors. We've had three rounds, and we have eight teams on six points and eight teams on three points, which accounts for 16 of the 18 teams in the league. So I don't think we can read too much into um, positions just yet, but... In saying that, we once again mention Aiden, top of the pile, only team to win three from three. So he sits on nine points. Um, and he's top of the championship as well on 206 points. So Aiden's had a, a brilliant September to kick the season off. Considering how shit a lot of the rest of us have done, um, I think that is a, a very good effort. So well done, um, well done, Aiden. Um, and bottom of the league, Ian, Ian Fraser, uh, yet to pick up a head-to-head win or a point he's uh zero from three and he's the only guy yet to get off the mark so i'm sure it'll come i just hope it doesn't come uh this week because i'm playing him but um yeah i can't uh say too much more there in terms of the the table but some notable results john O'Pierce picked up his first win uh against sam curry who was top going into the week um as i think we mentioned last week um Defending champions suffered another defeat to Duncan Stewart in Danger Zone. They picked up a win, uh, and that was their first win. 
Um, and Rob Farmer, special mention as well, hit 73 in game week three. Very good score. Um, and he downed Tim Roots um, in their match, which um, uh, puts him on six points, keeps Tim with just the one win from three. Uh, Honourable mention to Matt Rowan Whitby Lakes, who hit 56 points, which was the second top score in the Super League. And you got to win against UG there. Um, but... Yes, sorry, that was, uh, I just had to mention that. It wasn't a dig at you. <laughs> I'll say that that's totally why I lost. Right. Yeah. Well, How many 56 is totally the reason. I mean, based, based on scores, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and um, yeah. in fairness to Roe, uh, his team got out to a, to a good lead. He it fired immediately, and I was in massive trouble. I, by the second second day of the game week, it was all over, really. So, you know, Roe had a great week, so all power to him. Yeah, so that's uh, that's our Super League. Again, not too much read into it at the moment, but no doubt trends are starting to form slowly. Just, just quickly before we move on, to show the difficulty of the start of this season, both yourself, Willie, and Tom Nelson, the Super League finalists from last season, are struggling in the bottom 10 of the championship. That's I think right. it shows that it's a tough, tough old start. So for those of you struggling around the bottom like me and Willie, just keep your head up. It, it can get better. It will get better. It has to get better. Yeah, I think you've got to preach patience and perspective at this early time in the season. There is a long way to go. Um, and there was a, a thing I heard the other day in the wider community on one of the other podcasts that, it was about six years ago. The guy that won it, won the whole thing, he was 100K in the world with about 10 weeks to go. So, I mean, 100K is still pretty good in the grand scheme of things. But if you're sitting in the millions right now after three weeks, like myself and many other people have had a bad start, there's a long way to go. You have a great game week. You're going to jump a, a, a million places at least at the moment. So you just a bit of perspective, I think. Okay. So speaking of a long way to go, we've got our special guest, the Rewe Station, here to give us some pointers and sort of talk us through the trends he's seeing, and to just give us those numbers. Yeah, thanks, Stella. So for for. Um Previous uh, listeners to the pod, you know, we used to take deep dives into uh, different theories and ideas that sort of percolate my mind. So um, for people who know me and people who don't know me, I'm a, I am like to think about things a lot and I, to, and I like to sort of come up with plans and ideas and work through stuff. So in the past, I've taken deep dives into big at the back and I'm a big proponent of that. I've looked at the... Um, bonus point system and, and ways to sort of maybe game that out and um, sort of bringing everything together. You know, I'm had a probably a marginally better start than Steele and Willie, but it hasn't been ideal. And um, I wanted to uh, explore this idea that I've been unlucky and that maybe, maybe my plans have been good and what has been going on has been more a, um, a lack of a better way to describe it people getting jammy and me being unlucky. So I wanted to test that idea. So um, I've taken the top uh, well, two teams out of the Super League, two teams out of the B League at the top, 
and then one each from the Super League and the B League at the bottom and sort of explored what they've done, uh, how their team looks, and then sort of um, drawn some conclusions, uh, really, that are probably um, to my detriment, to be completely honest. So um, first up was looking at Aiden uh, and Jesse, who are one and two in the championship at the moment, roared out of the gates. Uh, Jesse, uh, in particular, um, you know, as, as Steele alluded to, you dropped the triple cats and seen the first round last year. He's uh, he has a track record of picking um, feel good teams, uh, teams that are are names but not necessarily good fantasy players. So uh, Jesse roaring out of the gate uh, was a surprise, and I said, well, if anyone's going to be jammy about anything. It's going to be Jesse Farmer. Uh, so maybe starting with Jesse. So he captained Solo in week one. So he got that boost. Uh, game week two immediately went to uh, Calvin Lewin and uh, James Rodriguez. Ditched Werner in the process. So two objectively really good moves and benefited from those immediately. Uh, and then the next week um, went uh, Abameyang and Vardy to Kane and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. So objectively sensible moves, but not having Vardy there is taking Jesse from being on the top of the table to where he is in second. So sort of looking at that going, you know, really good move in the second week, objectively sensible move in the third week. It didn't pay off, but still humming along. Um, looking at Aiden, Captain Sulla, uh, great move. Uh, Immediately got rid of uh, Pulisic and Werner, KDB and um, Calvin Lewin. Um, then held, held fire in game week three. Still looking really good. Made good moves. Um, my hypothesis is starting to break down a wee bit now looking at these teams. Then moving on to a couple of others. You know, Rob Farmer and Adam Hughes, the two teams that are really going well as well. Um, Rob's captain Sulla had Willian, so benefited from that really good first game week. Um, not someone I would have looked at, but can't knock Rob for having him in t- to start. Then he tidied house. So rather than bringing in players, he moved players he needed to. So brought a goalkeeper. He didn't have a goalkeeper in the first week that played. So, you know, brought somebody in, got rid of Vinagri, then brought in Rashford. So uh, Rashford is a player that I was quite interested in, given I, I, I think he was the most unluckiest player and the restart at the end of last season in terms of his returns, in terms of what he should have returned. So, you know, a sensible move, a move that I, I definitely sign off on. Uh, and then looking at Adam, so Adam of the four is the only one that didn't captain Suther in that first week, but still did well, captain Aubameyang. Uh, wild-carded early, and um, it was sort of like Adam gave you, uh, Willie, a bit of the, uh, gave the fingers. So not only did he bring in De Bruyne and uh, James Rodriguez, he also brought in Willie's two bandwagons from the first week. He brought in uh, Jeff Hendrick and Patrick uh, Bamford. Um, you know, and yeah. Bamford in particular has benefited for him. He also brought in Reese James, not a bad move. And then um, after game week two, he went Che Adams to Mitrovic. So perhaps there's a little bit of Adam casing points. Um, so of the three, of the four, sorry, Adams potentially. Uh, probably lagging a little bit behind in my mind just because it seems he's just a week behind where he, where, where he needs to be in terms of these players. So Mitrovic's popped his head out once and he's missed him. So, you know, looking at those four teams, you know, there's really not a lot I can say to disparage them. I was hoping to see more uh, people being lucky, people having uh, players they should have shouldn't have but benefiting from it. So, 
you know, there's some positive things there to take away in my mind. Did you guys have any thoughts before I moved to the other end of the table? Um, I think you, you made a good point about the Shea Adams Mitrovic situation that Adam had. I think it's you'll be quite wary about making that sideways move. I mean, I mean, putting putting things aside in terms of rating both those players, um, you know, they're, they're in the same price bracket, and for me, they're both players that would probably finish the season on about the same amount of points. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I would I would say that maybe wasn't the best move, but I'm not. I'm not one to talk at the moment, but <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there's that being wary of making that sideways move um, unless you think, I guess, that player, um, you know, his fixtures are a lot better and their output's going to be higher over a four or five game week period. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, anyone who's had Mitrovic in the past uh, knows that he can be really good one week and then disappear for uh, what feels like an eternity. So, um, yeah. So it, it's a, yeah, I, I think I co-signed that point that, um, you know, where if you look at some of the others who have gone, say, Werner to Calvin Lewin, um, you're freeing up cash, but also bringing in a player that's actually scoring goals at the moment. So, um, yeah. Still, did you have any thoughts? I think what it's telling me is you've, got to just move this season you can't those pre prejudices sort of come in and actually objectively why did I sit on Werner when DCL was carving up and, it, and sure Werner has the underlying stats from the Bundesliga but sometimes actually you just look at a guy who's going well and it's worth getting him in the team the Pardon. other the other thing is to move players on when they're not delivering um, you can see those guys that move Werner Still doesn't have a Premier League goal. Sure, he scored in the League Cup. Doesn't have a Premier League goal. And then there's teams that have been like making the move to Captain Vardy. And you sort of go, oh, that's a weird move. They're playing City. And you dig into it. He fucking loves scoring against City. And I captain Timo Werner, who still doesn't have a Premier League goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think anyone was considering Jamie Vardy for the captaincy. Maybe a smattering of people. Oh, mean, we'll, we'll, all... we'll get to that. Really. We'll get to Captain Zing Vardy. Yeah, yeah, Don't okay. Worry about that. All right. We'll address that soon. <laughs> so I think, I think there's, yeah, there's a danger that you get sucked into sort of the, because the, there's this level of analysis, which is good, but sometimes it's just like over analysis, right? And you start to get too tricky. And For actually, sure. there's some yeah. good players who are scoring points. There's players that historically score good points. If they're doing well, don't be afraid to jump on it. For sure. And I think we saw that a lot last year where um, I don't think this is so much the case this year, but last year you had uh, Timmy Puki just blowing up at the start. And, um, you know, he was, uh, what, six, six million pounds to start. And you look at him and go, you know, six million pounds for a reason. This is unsustainable. Let's not go there. Before you knew it, he was, um, you know, you were well behind everybody who had just happened to be on that way. Um, and I don't feel that's happening as much this year. It's people that are either known quantities or you look at them and go, yeah, that makes sense. 
in some sense. So um, I also just wanted to have a look at a couple of players at the uh, the, uh, the other end and sort of test our hypothesis again and go, well, you know, are they making poor decisions or are they being unlucky? Are they the ones who are unlucky? So um, there's only one team in the Super League that doesn't have a win, and that's that's in and the West Arsenal City. So, you know, I think he's definitely a case of someone who's had some bad luck. Uh, you know, Captain Sulla in game week one got that boost like a lot of us did, but had nothing else around him. Um, you know, his team didn't fire, but Sam Curry did. So he sort of got carried a wee bit. And, um, you know, none of his picks looked questionable. So it was just a matter of sort of hitting a team that went off, uh, you know, as we covered earlier, Sam Curry lost his first game this game week. Um, you know, then game week two, he lost a close arm, arm wrestle with Dan Parker. So, um, you know, a team that is traditionally pretty good. Uh, neither of those teams scored very well, but um, you know, just on the wrong end of the ledger. Again, no poor decisions. You know, he didn't sell Son. He had Son. So, you know, he wasn't one of those people that overreacted to that first week, scuttled Son and then got bitten by it. So, you know, made it made a good decision to stay pat, benefited from it, but still lost. So, you know, there's just some bad luck there. Um, looking at Kieran, so there's three teams in the big league that don't have a win. Um, you know, the aforementioned Mike Garnett and Johnny McKay, but they still we haven't scored enough points. I think Johnny's on 101 points and Garnett's on about 90. So, you know, through game, three game weeks, you know, you're not going to win if you're scoring that many points over that many game weeks. Uh, Kieran's got about 160, so in a different category to those ones. But I think a lot with Kieran, there's probably some more questionable decisions that are probably endemic of why he's where he's at. So, you know, he had uh, Olivier Giroud in the first week, didn't move him, and he's got nobody on the bench. So with Giroud in his starting lineup, he's got no, nobody coming off the bench to bail him out. So I think it's a, a point that was made in the last pot around um, bench uh, and how you know how much do you need to spend on your bench. Well, I agree with the idea that uh, unless you're playing your bench boost, you, really, you don't need to have a full bench. But you need to have somebody on the bench who comes in and bails you out. So if you're consistently running 10 10 men, you're not going to win any games. So I think in that case, there's probably a, um, you know, some moves and maybe a wild card that probably should have been played earlier, maybe. So uh, I think to sort of sum that thinking up, there's definitely overthinking and not moving when you ought to, which is, I think, the point you were making, Stilo. But also there's, there's a benefit to moving fast and moving early um, if the winds are blowing in a certain direction and not being afraid to do so. And I think, uh, you know, this is a very Jesse Farmer thing to say to go back to Jesse, but, you know, sort of, you know, uh, you know, feel it, you know, following your heart and following, you know, where, where your mind thinks that things are going and just following your, your instinct is probably a good thing in some cases. Um, just wanted to close on one point because I think it underlies another point that I think is important. So I was perusing through the championship and there's a new team in there um, with the, the manager is uh, Rachel uh, Willie's uh, fiance. And uh, Rach is a full 47 points ahead of Willie at this point, uh, which I thought was worth uh, 
it's not a criticism of Willie because I'll get to the the key point of this. It was worth noting because I know it's going to make Willie a little bit uh, sheepish. That is, um, <laughs> that is fiance who I, I'm going to guess picked up fantasy this year is um, uh, crushing it at this point. Like you, Willie's getting stomped at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> the, the the key there, there she's made two key things in my mind that have helped her. One is she brought in Mitrovic before game week two. So got that got that twelve point boost. Which you know, it's if if you compare that uh to Adam, who brought him in afterwards, you know, that, that's a that's a benefit. But the key thing that Rachel's done, now her, her team isn't robust by any stretch. There's a lot of questionable players in there. But she's captain Jamie Vardy twice, uh, all three times actually, and benefited game week one and game week three. So the key point that I'm making out of this is it's just so absolutely important to nail your captaincy decision because, yeah. you know, look at where Rachel's team isn't a great team, and I don't think that's an unfair thing to say, but her captaincy uh, decisions have been sensational, and that's, that's primarily why she's stomping Willie at the moment. And it's, um, you know, I, 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 I can't stress that enough. Now your captaincy decision and things are going to improve for you. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. 100% captain is the, the biggest decision you make in every week. Yeah, so it's just to sort of round everything off. Um, having a plan is good, uh, but being slavish to your plan, like potentially I am, and maybe... Uh, a lot of people are is uh, to your hindrance rather than to uh, any sort of benefit at this point potentially. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. I think the key is you've got to have two or three guys that you'd feel comfortable slapping the C on every week without question. Yeah, yeah. totally. And one of those can't be Timo Werner, as, <laughs> as I think all of us know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I said at the start of the season he was a trap, and I, I fell for the trap because everyone was talking him up so much. I think Chelsea <laughs> is a bit of a trap. I think Lampard gets sacked, and maybe things change. I'm happy to go on record with that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think they get Pulisic and Zayic back. I think they might have a bit more, a bit more there. Um, but they don't have a problem scoring goals, do they? It's at the other end of they got the problem. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, saying that the one of the players that I have my eye on, but I don't know how I get them in given my current setup. But Reese James, I think, is a pretty good option. You know, his. His um, attacking play is pretty good for a $5 million uh, defender. Um, you know, and I'm very much of the view, and I think you are too, Stilo, that um, you know, I don't think I've picked a defender for clean sheets in about four seasons. It's all about attacking returns for defenders, and anybody that has a, even, like, has a nose for goal is uh, fairly valuable uh, in my mind. Agreed. Uh, so I think we'll wrap up. I've got your numbers there. Cheers for that, G. Uh, no doubt we'll get you back back in a in a few weeks to have another deep dive. But we'll move on to another regular segment. We're on the bandwagon with Willie. 
Yeah, so um, uh, my bandwagons haven't been that great so far. So um, <laughs> obviously <laughs> we should keep a running tally of how many I get right and how many I get wrong. But I think the first week, the Bamford one, I definitely got wrong. What's he scored in every game so far? Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so who did I go with last week? Jorginho, didn't I? That's right. And did he do anything? No. They, uh, did, did he even play? He might not have even played. I no. Sure got a zero. So I got that one right then. So it's one all. It's one each. Yay. Uh, right. So the bandwagon I've picked out today is a dual bandwagon from the same team. Um, and just, just for the viewers, the, the way I do this is I really just go into the transfers in column on uh, the website and just pick out um, a player or two that I just think is interesting in terms of their, their numbers in for the week. Um, so the two players I've gone with are the Aston Villa centre-backs, Ezra Konsa and Tyrone Mings. Now, Konsa this week has had 72,000 transfers in. Mings has had 63,000 transfers. 63, transfers. Um, I personally think Aston Villa are looking a better team this season. Um, I think they've tightened up at the back. They've made some good signings. Ross Barclay was uh, signed on loan yesterday as well. Um, so him playing alongside uh, Jack Grealish, I think, uh, could could reap some, some benefits. Um, but I've got to say that those transfers in for me are purely because they went to Fulham and won 3-0 and kept a clean sheet. Now, I think we all know how bad Fulham are. Would we agree? Agree. Um, and I just think there's a lot of people out there that have jumped on that and gone, oh, Aston Villa, they've suddenly got a great defence. It is better. It is definitely better than what it was at the start of last season. And they actually were quite good during the, um, the project restart, getting the results to keep them in the division. Um, but if you, look, if you look at the next five fixtures, including the next two, Aston Villa have got Liverpool at home this weekend. Then they've got Leicester away. Um, now, Liverpool and Leicester know how to find the back of the net, so I can't see clean sheets there. They've then got Leeds at home. Leeds can score goals. We've seen that. Uh, Southampton at home is potentially a, a fixture they could keep a clean sheet in. And then they go to Arsenal. Um, I don't see them keeping a clean sheet at the Emirates either. So I guess from my perspective, those are my bandwagon picks this week because I think people have jumped on because of one result and maybe haven't looked at those next five because I don't think those next five scream clean sheets. What do you, what do you guys think? You, you can just see them go to Liverpool and just be belted, like, you know. So all the, all the games... Sorry, that, that might... that's at home to Liverpool, but... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah they, 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 might, they might, they might, yeah. The, the point, the point being the same. They might have yeah. Liverpool, and Liverpool could belt them, and all those people and some who have just fled, uh, gone on them will be fleeing them. You know, uh, it, I, I would agree. I think that that feels like a, a bit of a knee jerk with not any foresight in terms of what's yeah. ahead. For yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, combine those two players of that's one hundred and thirty thousand transfers in for the week, um, for for two Aston Villa centre backs. Um, and in their price range, there's a lot better options out there. And 
I mean, I'm not against going for a centre-back, but I think we all know that at the moment the big-at-the-back approach is generally going for attacking full-backs. And there's a lot of them. And in those that 4.5 to 5 million bracket, even for some of the lesser sides, you've got better options. You know, Lamptey, um, Walker-Peters, um, even those leads attacking fullbacks, as, as much as I'm a bit, I'm not really convinced convinced by the leads defence, despite their their clean sheet on the weekend. Um, you know, Dallas and Ailing potentially good options, but and and better than Concer and Ming. So I guess yeah, those two stuck out for me this week, and and that's why I chose them for the bandwagon. I'm just, I think that yeah, as you say, G, bit of a knee jerk from people there, um, bringing those two in off, off one result, which, yeah, I would say if someone brought those in, that's what we would call not a sensible decision. Uh, and I can see that backfiring massively over the next five fixtures because all five of those teams, maybe... I mean, Southampton have got Danny Ings, who, who I think is a great finisher. But if you, if you put Southampton aside, those other four teams are massive goal-getters. So... That's, that's, to be that's, honest, that's my call. <laughs> you, you, you would expect them to do the business against Arsenal, though. Arsenal's a bit of a soft touch, aren't they? Oh, easy on. <laughs> we've, we've got better. We've got better. But look no, at us back down to earth. Yeah. Just to, just to jump on the... Just to wrap this up and jump on the centre-back point, I heard an interesting stat on the Football Ramble this week that... Three percent of corners result in a goal. So, you think you may get ten corners in a game? So it might take three games for your team to get a goal from a corner. And if you're picking centre backs, that's likely where their goal scoring threat comes from. So, again, you weigh it up. Villa not going to keep a heap of clean sheets. That's fine. Your defenders these days, you're not picking them for clean sheets. You're picking them for attacking returns. Again, your centre-backs aren't going to be the ones that are going up the left and right flanks, knocking in crosses or joining attacks in the box. So you've really... Unless you're Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> so Unless you're Sheffield with overlapping centre-backs, yeah. <laughs> So-called overlapping centre-backs. <laughs> Although um, O'Connell's out for the season. You guys hear that? That's um, that's quite a big blow for them. Yeah, we're mm. So I think... We are in agreement with Willie here. Don't waste your time on Mings and Konsa. And if you do go for a centre back, not for not for not for one from Aston Villa, no, or Fulham, <laughs> or Fulham, or West Brom. Those three. Actually, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna put Aston Villa in the boat with West Brom and Fulham. Those two on their own can. Yeah, they. They. Yeah. 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 Maybe a conversation for another day on those two. They just. I get this picture. There's somebody who's uh, who's listening who's transferred in Tyrone Mon- Tyrone Mings. It's like shit, 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 shit. <laughs> probably probably Tom Hill. Yes, Tom, that was a bad move. <laughs> oh, just quickly, I got to mention this. So I was listening to this other podcast um, on the way to work this morning. Uh, obviously, we all know what happened to Wolves on the weekend. The four nil loss. So a guy apparently uh, in the wider community had Jamie Vardy transferred him out for Jimenez. Uh, had um, Jared Bowen 
of West Ham transferred him out for Pedence and had, um, I think it was Luke Ayling of, of Leeds who got a, a clean sheet and a bonus point, so he got seven, transferred him out for Saiz and had three, brought in three Wolves players for, for their fixture run last week. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious. It was part of their uh, rough and the smooth feature. Um, and that was definitely a rough, one of the <laughs> one of the worst roughs I think I've ever seen. You, yeah, you, you'd be you'd be quitting at that point, wouldn't you? You'd be like, I'm done. Like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I just quit. Fat, I'm quitting fantasy football now, and I'll see you next season. That's that is just that's horrific. That is just, that's a nightmare you never want to see come true, and it did. <laughs> So, moving on to previewing the upcoming week's games, I've got the B-League this week, and I've picked out two clashes that I think are worth keeping an eye on. The first is Jesse Farmer in another top-of-the-table clash, taking on Adam Hughes. So, we'll be down to two unbeaten teams at most in this B-League. So, Jesse and Adam, that's a massive one. And then also, towards the bottom, we've got Kezi, looking to get his first win against MFR. MFR trying his best. Some things working, some things not, but always learning. So that's another good clash to watch. What about in the Super League, Willie? Um, so for this weekend, I have picked out three. Um, so I picked out Scarborough Forest and Mott Tigers. So uh, Scotty Martin, Tim Roots for this weekend. Um, both traditionally strong players. Um, so I think it'll be a, a really good clash between those two. Um, and they've both uh, just picked up the one win so far, so they'll both be looking to get themselves up into the, the top half. Um, so I think that'll be one to watch. Uh, gone with Matt Rowe and Marcus uh, for this weekend as well. Whitby Lakes against Benoffi Monsters. Um, both of these guys have picked up two wins from three, so uh, both looking to push on to the third win and maybe into that top sort of four or five. Um, and they both look to have started pretty well as well. So that um, I've picked out as a, as a uh, fixture to watch this weekend. And the final one, I'm going to go with uh, Naki Juniors against Curry Train. So uh, both, again, on two wins apiece. Dan coming off his demoralising defeat to me. Uh, we'll look, be looking to bounce back against Sam, who suffered his first defeat as well, to, to John O'Pierce, who was looking to get off the mark. Um, and I think that one will be tight. Two guys that definitely know what they're doing. Um, so, yeah. Those are the three to look out for this weekend in game week four. Awesome. So uh, I guess that's us for this week. So thanks for joining us, G. Much appreciated. Always, always a pleasure. Uh, always happy to um, share the, the rubbish that circulates my mind. <laughs> and Willie, cheers for joining us once again. Hopefully your fortunes improve. I hope so too. Very much so. Very much so. I can't go into an international break with another week like that. That would just be horrendous. So, yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye all.